Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, the Lombardi line is we welcome you back. Hour two, Mike Pritchard's going to join. Of course, week 10 concludes tonight in Philly. Lane 11 hosting the Commodores slash Commanders. Just quickly, we never would ignore uh, something like the tragedy that went down in Virginia. Three Virginia players killed by an ex-player. That ex-player is in custody. Again, perspective is always important. We're not ignoring it. We're just a different type of network, but I did at least want to bring it up, Michael, uh, a tragedy, yeah. a catastrophic it, tra- uh, tragedy there. It, it really is. It's so sad, and and I can't imagine that those young kids are, are going to be able to have to play a game this su- Saturday afternoon. You know, that there's something bigger than football. Uh, there's something bigger than the game itself, and your hearts and prayers are to the family. There's those young men who lost their lives, and the whole campus at Virginia, which, you know, you don't recover from that. That's not an no. easy recovering when somebody invades your privacies and, and takes away your freedom and your protection that the school offers you. So, you know, I, I, I know they're, they're scheduled to play Coastal Carolina, but I would suspect that that game shouldn't be played because you got to honor those, especially as close to this football program as they were. Well put. Unthinkable tragedy as police have ex-Virginia football player in custody after a shooting Sunday night that left three football players dead and two students wounded. That story ongoing. Wanted to bring it up just out of respect. Okay, we transition, if that's possible, off of something like that, and we discuss, um, you know, a 25-20 winner for the Colts. Again, Jeff Saturday, he made two moves, essentially, and I'm going to let you run with this. We'll hear from Saturday. But he gave Matt Ryan his starting job back, and he let the offense go through Jonathan Taylor there in Vegas. Well, I think it's pretty clear they cut their playbook down in about by two-thirds. They ran very little plays. I think when you watch the game, you know, Matt Ryan never felt much pressure, which wasn't the case the week before with Sam Ellinger. The Raiders couldn't get any create any negative plays in the game. They gave up a long touchdown run. They gave up a touchdown pass. I mean, this Raider defense is not very good. You know, they're not they're not fast enough. They can't get off the field on third down. And and it's a challenge. I mean, you know, you could say, is it a coaching problem? Is it a player problem? I think you've got a lot of issues there that have to get rectified, but they can't get stops. And I think when you go through their whole history of a, and some of these draft picks that they're no longer playing for the team, a lot of them were defensive players, that's an issue. So, you know, and they still have a chance to get the ball in the end zone at the end of the game. I thought Saturday's decision-making wasn't elite especially when he's going for two when he doesn't have to go for two. If he kicks those two extra points, he's up 27 he's up 27 to 19 and he's going to win the game. You know, maybe the Raiders go for maybe the Raiders don't go for two and it's 27-21 and and he's you know, now the field goal doesn't, you know, he still has the situation. So, look, I, I thought that they were they were smart in what they did. They beat a bad Raider team and I kind of thought this is how they would have played against the Patriots the week before, but the Patriots are so much better on off on defense than New England. I mean, then the, the the Raiders. The Raiders just have no girth. 
They have no ability to stop a run. And when Matt, when Matt Ryan runs for 38 yards, you know you're bad on defense. It appears to me the defense has two football players. They're both on the edge. And right. Crosby is on another level than either, even Jones. But that's it. Like, if Crosby's not making a play, they're screwed. They really are. And, I mean, look, they started a college free agent off the street at middle linebacker. I mean, you they know. actually I played mean, pretty the, well. The, the, <laughs> Masterson, right. You know, and, and, and they started City Jones at corner, who they just picked up. I mean, they're just, you know, they're missing Hobbs. They're missing Perryman. They're missing a lot of their players. You know, does that make an excuse? No. I mean, I think the game was, you know, they had 10 penalties in the game. You know, they had every chance to turn around. They did something where they set themselves back. They didn't get any first downs in the first three drives of the game, which hurt them. And then, you know, they have the biggest play of the game, third down. They're sitting down there in the red zone. They got a chance to, to win, to get the, get the lead. And, you know, they, they, they throw the, instead of throwing the ball to the back who's open, they throw the tight end who drops it. And it's one of those days for the Raiders. Oh, they I just know. got a kind of way to fight through it. He could have caught that pass. The one thing I wrote down, I want to ask you about this because this is philosophy and you can correct me. So the Raiders get the ball back. They're down five, a little, a little over five minutes to go. They have t- two timeouts left, of course, the two-minute warning. Why not go tempo there so you have two different opportunities? Like, if you don't get it, you can at least punt the ball. It seemed like McDaniel slowed down and played for that final possession. Why not go tempo and try to because get as many possessions? There's no chance that they would have ever gotten the ball back. No chance. I mean, the I know they for, their defense is that bad. I, would have, I thought it. he did exactly what he had to do. He took the clock from five minutes down to 47 gotcha. seconds. They, get, they run 14 plays. You know, they had, they had 10 yards of penalties in that drive. They get four first downs. They had one of their best drives of the game, and they stall in the red zone, which has been the place that the Raiders have stalled all year. I mean, it's just typical, and it's very challenging. And now all the heat's on McDaniels because he's a bad coach, when in reality, if somebody would watch the talent level, now certainly they got to do a better job coaching. I'm not disputing that. Just like, you know, the difference between Denver and the Raiders, you know, everybody wants McDaniels fired. Nathaniel Hackett's got a lot better personnel. I mean, he got $250 million quarterback over there. They got receivers. They got, you know, he's got Devontae Parker, and Carr doesn't make enough consistent plays. I, I heard Carr's after the game. He, he accepted accountability, but is that really, you know, we got to get better. I mean, Keenan Cole gets the ball, hits him right between the eight and the four, and he drops it. I want to. Get a clip in from Saturday, uh, and obviously not overly easy for you to talk about the Raiders doing a good job with it. So let me ask you this: uh, adjustment to a new scheme. It's a two and seven team. McDan has got a new. It's a new coaching staff. Like what? How would you encapsulate the Raiders' struggles this year? I, I think a lot of it is there is an adjustment to the new scheme, but I think more than anything, they've been in six games by a t- by a, by a sc- one score or less, and they haven't been able to close it. When you can't win the fourth quarter, they won the fourth quarter against Houston. They haven't been able to win the fourth quarter against any other team, you know, and that a lot of it isn't really coaching. A lot of it is you're just not good enough. You're not making the plays when you need to make the play. I mean, Tennessee, need to make a play, can't make one. Yesterday, need to make a play, can't make one. Jacksonville, need to make a play, can't make one. You know, and so everybody gets caught up in, oh, they gave up a 17-point lead. Well, you know, like they never can get control of the game because they just have no, there's no defensive talent there. That Sidney Jones walked off the street and he started a corner. Masterson was a college free agent. Like, what do you expect people to do with that? Like, I don't understand. Like, you have to evaluate why are you winning, why are you losing? If you think the Raiders are poorly coached offensively, if you think they're poorly coached in the kicking game, 
I don't think you're watching the same game. Do I think they're well coached defensively? I think they're challenged because they don't have very good talent. I mean, the first third down in the red zone, they're one of the worst red zone teams in all of football, right? The first third down in the red zone, they throw the swing out there to the back, and, and if, if, if Yasin comes up and just makes a, a pedestrian tackle, it, they're going to kick a field goal. Those four points that they gave up on that missed tackle are the difference in the game. That's the difference of the game, right? That one play. Now, you want to blame you want to play McDaniels for the missed tackle? Go ahead. You want to play Patrick Graham for the missed tackle? Go ahead. But that's the reality. You know, you're just, when you're not good enough, you have to accept that. This expectation that they're a 10 and 7 playoff team from last year. We didn't think they were a good playoff team last year. Ironically, you and I sat here a week ago pretty much to the minute and announced that Jeff Saturday was the new interim head coach there with the Colts. He made a big surprise there starting Ryan. Let's hear from Jeff Saturday after the game. I saw Matt throw, and that was the first time I had seen him throw. He's coming off an injury, and he put a good practice together uh, on Thursday. And so um, Friday, I I told him, I was like, you know, go back to back. And again, now this is my first experience really ever seeing him throw, and he looked really good. And um, I wanted to talk to the staff on Friday afternoon, but I had a pretty, I was, I knew what I was going to do. Okay. There's a uh, new head coach, Jeff. You're laughing. Go ahead. Tell me why you're laughing. Oh, he knew what he was going to do. I wanted to talk to the staff, but I knew what I was going to do. Like, seriously, come on. I mean, take, I mean, give me a break. I mean, like it, it I, it's, you know, first of all, he's been the consultant of the team. And now he's saying that's the first time I saw Matt Ryan throw it. Like, I mean, this guy's going to have the chalk last no matter what happens. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know about you, but my assumption is the Saturdays and the Cowers will not be spending Thanksgiving together. Bill Cower? I listened to Anyone? what Bill said. I mean, but Bill spoke for everybody. I mean, Bill's, Bill spoke for everybody. I mean, I think Bill was really – I mean, I don't see why what, what Bill said was exactly right. Like, he got asked the opportunity to be on the staff. He wanted nothing to do with working hard. He wanted, he wanted to take the easy path to get there. Like, and now because he won a game, people think, oh, it can work. It's not going to work. Like, it's not going to work. Like, this doesn't – I mean, I thought he would win this game, frankly. I, I thought the Raiders are bad. I don't think the Raiders are any good on defense. The fact he played Matt Ryan and they couldn't get any pressure on Matt Ryan. Do you think when they play Philly next week in Indianapolis, Philly's not going to put pressure on Matt Ryan? think Matt Ryan's not going to turn the ball back over? You think he's going to be able to block this Philly front? Come on. It, it, it's almost comical. It's like yesterday. I, one of the worldwide leaders uh, tweeted out that the Bears are the top scoring offense in the last four weeks. Boy, that's a wonderful stat. I'm, you know, I'm sure that's great. And did anybody watch the Bears play in the fourth quarter when they had to throw the football? When they had to make a play in the passing game, and they got, did they watch him? They got a 20, what did they have, a 24-14 lead? Yeah. You know, I mean, he's a running back playing quarterback. Let's just let's just say what it is. He's learning to play quarterback. I said on my podcast today with Justin Fields, let him play. Let, I, I would be, if I were the GM of the team, I'd be all in on all that stuff, right? I would be all in on that. I would be like, okay, we got to work the team. But let's be real clear here. He's not, he has to prove to us he can throw it before we're ever going to go all in. We're going to make the team around them better, like the Eagles did with Hurts, but we're not going all in yet. Because you, when you only throw 12 completions a game, how do we win? 
Well, it's tough to beat Detroit. That's one thing. No offense, but that's a tough. Here's what you knew. When Chicago missed the extra point, has in history and missed extra point never come it always comes back to bite you in the ass always right you always, always are going to lose always. by one it's just the way the and look football at the missed extra work. point if you had san francisco at seven and a missed extra point it cost you the push niners next to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, get everything VSEN has literally everything we offer for $99 through the Super Bowl right now. Get VSEN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl plus our upcoming and it already dropped the college basketball betting guides. The guides are there but you have to be a VSEN Pro. vsin.com/subscribe. Again, vsin.com/subscribe. You get the betting splits which everybody Clamors for as well. Just sign up, vcin.com slash subscribe. Okay. Um, last night, uh, let's keep a California theme and then we're going to get to Pritchard. So 11 minutes okay. of California. We'll go 49ers, Chargers, and then we'll jump okay. over to the Rams because I know you got some, I, I know you got something on the Rams. Um, the Chargers, I can't, I can't imagine how they feel headed back from the Bay down to Los Angeles today. A 22 16 win for San Francisco. Let's start with the Niners, and then we'll come back to the Chargers. Your greatest takeaway for the win, obviously you missed the missed extra point with the cover, but what was your takeaway with the 49ers last night? I think they were rusty to start off. I think the bye, everybody thinks you the bye is the greatest rejuvenator for all teams when sometimes you kind of get started and stopped and it doesn't really work as well. So I think that that was. I think their defense was sluggish to begin with. And then once they got control of the game in the second half, they shut them down. And, you know, they held the Chargers to 4.3 yards per play. I thought it was their B-minus B game. They didn't play as well offensively as I thought they would, particularly running the football. But they got out of there. I think the disappointing factor of the game is they're 2-for-5 in the red zone, 2-for-5 in goal-to-go situations. And if you took the 49ers – and you lost, you, you handicapped the game the right way. If you took the Chargers and won with the seven, you were lucky. You were really lucky because this game should have been, it should have been a 10-point, 12-point win. It should have been. But that's betting, and that's what happens to us, right? So mm-hmm. you move on. You can't let that affect your next way to handicap the no. game. No. You, you've got to be able to just to sit there and say, okay, here's where we are. It kind of played out exactly the way I thought it would. Maybe not the first half. I didn't think they would score 16 points in the first half. That field goal at the end of the first half is always the devastation, right? That's the one that always gets you. And that's the one that's got to hurt San Francisco because they didn't get enough pressure on them. But to me, you know, I think San Francisco builds off this. You know, Garoppolo protected the ball. They only had the one fumble. And they were able to shut out another team in the second half like they did the Rams two weeks ago. Shanahan always befuddles me. Obviously brilliant. His team should be better than 5-4. and four. The offense, in, excuse me, the first half was one story, and then the second half, I mean, they were so dominant, they held the Chargers to 52 yards in the second half. It's almost like the 49ers take on the personality of Kyle Shanahan because he's obviously brilliant. The team is very good, a Super Bowl contender, but they're sitting 5-4. and four. Like It's a little empty calorie sometimes with the 49ers. Is that well, fair but, to say? But in that 5-4, and four, one of the reasons, even though I had this game as like a three-point-something handicap, I, I like the Niners here a lot because I felt like it was a game where, you know, the, their numbers were indicative of their team. And, and right. I still think that. This week as they travel on Monday night to Arizona, I think to me their numbers are different. They're, 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 they're suited to play 
a really, I think they're better suited to play the six-back offense than they are a traditional thrower like Herbert last night. I really do. I think that, that when they play a traditional passer like Herbert, they have to really win with their pass rush. Their, their defensive line has to play at an elite level. Capable of doing it, but they have to do it like they do against the Rams. But that Rams offensive line was so bad. But when they play against a six-back offense, they're even better suited because they can run so well on their defensive line. And they could chase and they could play inside with physicality with their two inside tackles and still run with their linebackers. So, look, they got to continue to get better. They got to protect the football, but I think they're going to get better. I, I think it's one of those games where, you know, it wasn't a dominant performance, but look, we're not shooting a Western here. It's not going to always be perfect. It wasn't dominant, still one by six. Now the Chargers, also five and four. We know they went into this game banged up. Everybody's banged up. Um, but this is, I'm not going to lead the witness. Your takeaway from the Chargers leaving San Francisco. Look, I thought they played as well as they could play, you know, but they, they lost by six and should have lost by more. The average 4.3 yards per play. They're limited at receiver. You know, their offensive line is not very good. They're trying to, they're trying to plug one hole for another hole. They're trying to constantly move things around. And defensively, you know, they're just not good enough to really get control of the game. They're not as bad. When they lose Murray, you know, they've lost a lot. Of, when they're not as bad defensively as the, the, the Raiders, but they're not as good. They're not good. They've, they, you know, I know they keep saying they have pro bowlers on every level, but nobody plays like a pro bowler on their team. That's the other problem. So, you know, they have a talented defense on paper. They don't play like one. I know you've got to take on the Rams. The Rams, of course, the backups, a 27-17 winner for Arizona. Arizona, oddly enough, without Murray, seemed like they were having fun out there. I think there's more to the story there. Um, I saw McVeigh did a spot with Barstool. I see him in a lot of commercials. Is, is, what's up with Sean McVay? Does he just want to just go ahead and set sail and, and get into TV? What's the deal here with McVay and his well, team? Well, I mean, look, I think he's going to have that opportunity. I think this offseason is going to be – we know they're not a playoff team, right? They go to no. New Orleans this week. Then they go to Kansas City. They come home and play Seattle and Raiders. Then they go to Green Bay, home for Denver, Chargers right there, and then up to Seattle. I, I mean, these, the way they are offensively, do you see them winning any of those games? No. Negative. I mean, so let's just go. Since the bye week when they were off, they've lost three in a row. I mean, they've lost five of the last six games. Okay? They, they, they can't run the football. We know that. They can't protect the football. The last two games that they played, they didn't turn the ball over and still lost. Right? They can't create turnovers. They had four turnovers in week one against Buffalo. We didn't know then that Buffalo would turn the ball over like they do, but they have. But since week two of the season, since week two of the season, Patrick, they've only created one turnover. One. Now, they don't give up a lot of yards. They, they keep the ball in front of them, but they have no offense. They can't stop anybody. And where the scores have been so low at why they've been attached in the games is their red zone defense is really good. They're fourth in the league in that area. So they're able to keep the keep you from kicking. If the, if the Raiders had a fourth in the, in the – if they were just good in the red zone – they could keep the score down, but they can't. But anyway, to me, McVay's question this officer, what do I want to do? Am I going to rebuild this thing? Because it's going to have to get torn down to the studs. You almost have to take the approach Matthew Stafford's going to retire. And I think he probably should. So what are we doing moving forward? Where are we going with that? Am I in this for the long haul or am I in this for Amazon? What am I going? I think that's a fair question. I think it's a very fair question. And it's tough to rebuild 
when you don't have picks until Dominic's in college. All kidding right. aside, so, the rebuild is no, going to be I'm, a pain in the ass. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be horrible. But here's the thing, though. Let, let's put this in perspective. You're, it, it, you think you do you think for one second that some of these great players that they have, Jalen Ramsey's going to want to be part of a rebuild? Of course not. And he's the only asset you have, so you have to trade him. We know that Aaron Donald talked about retiring. See, there's an old line Bob Knight used to say all the time. When you're talking about retiring, you're already retired. Mm. You know, and so McVay was talking about retiring. Donald was talking about retiring. Ramsey wasn't, but he's not going to tolerate this losing. He's not going to be a part of that. I think they're. I think they're at a crossroads. I think this was a crossroads to lose to Colt McCoy at home. Now I know you had John Wolfer, but to not be able to get any yards running the football, sixty-six. So, so the last three weeks since they had time to kind of go over their team and say, what do we need to do to improve? Well, we need to run the ball. They've had fifty-six, sixty-eight, and sixty-six yards rushing. They haven't thrown for two hundred yards since they came back from the bye. Oh, it's a hope. It's it's the it's they're three and six. Cup got injured. It's a hopeless season. A complete. I mean, I, I think they'll lose in New Orleans. I think they'll go down in New Orleans and get and and I, I don't even know what the line is for that game. But New Orleans we'll with their backs to the wall, I would say New Orleans is. Pro- I would even bet New Orleans is favored by a point. Three. New Orleans is late three hosting the Rams. No, I'm serious. That that's Everywhere. all you need to know. There there you go. What's Sean it's McVay's a, the Rams are chances done. of being? What what's the bet for McVay to be coaching next year? If if they're a three point dog to a team that just lost in Pittsburgh, that tells you a lot. And so, then you start having the philosophical existential conversations. Was the championship enough? Because winter's coming for the Rams, and when I say winter's coming, yeah. they're going to be bad for a very long time. The way that no they doubt. went about it, it's going to be really really bad for a long time. It's going to be really bad, and they don't have any quarterback. And they have no assets to get a quarterback. You know, they don't have any real assets to go get a quarterback. Where are they getting one? I don't think you're wrong about Stafford, by the way. I think, I think you're ahead of the curve on Stafford. I think there might be an announcement after this season. Big-time family guy. Concussions start to get scary. He's been injured his whole I, entire career. but the, the, the I don't think he plays next week. I don't think he plays next week. Why would you play? See, part of when you lose a, when you win a Super Bowl, there's that next season you're either – all in or you're not all in and you can't in the NFL you can't be not all in and so I'm not saying they're not but he's going to get the crap beat out of him if he goes back in that game TBD quarterback situation with the Rams yeah three-point favorites for New Orleans New Orleans looked terrible Monday they just lost to a bad Pittsburgh team they come back home they're laying three against the defending champs more of an more of an indictment against the Rams, right? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Okay, that's Cal. We covered California. We had the Chargers, we had the 49ers, and the Rams in one segment. Coming up next, we go back to Vegas with Mike Pritchard. He joins to talk about Monday night. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, Lombardi Line, as we welcome you back, I'm Patrick Maher. Of course, he's Michael Lombardi. We conclude week 10 in Philly tonight. Right now, you've got the Eagles laying 11, hosting division rivals in the Washington Commanders to discuss that. And more from week 10, we welcome in, of course, our football insider, but also VEASAN host and our colleague, Mike Pritchard. Hey, Pritch, how are you, buddy? 
I'm great. Great to be with you here on a Monday morning. How, how's everybody doing? We're doing, good, Pritch. T- doing great. Tell us your reaction to the Buffalo-Minnesota game. Have you ever seen anything like the fact that Buffalo couldn't snap the ball to co- to win the game and get out of there with the, with the win and just and turn away and give the game to Minnesota? Michael, I haven't. Uh, I have not seen Buffalo lose that game in so many different ways. I mean, you mentioned the fumble there. Uh, just snap the ball and, and sneak it, uh, dive forward, and okay, you win the game that way. But uh, what about the fourth and 18 when Jefferson makes that incredible catch? Just knock the ball down uh, if you're a safety as opposed to trying to intercept it. Um, but, you know, it, it goes to football IQ. It goes to the moment as well. I mean, I think if there's a starting safety in there, uh, Poyer or, or Hyde, maybe that is a different situation, right? Uh, but, no, you, you got to go with the players you have. But, yeah, it's inexcusable for for center quarterback exchange to cost you the game that way, even though they battled back and got that game in overtime. Take yeah, Michael I, and I, 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 I go, go ahead. Michael. I I kind of think that's the part we haven't even discussed. The fact that they were able to get it, they almost almost had a chance to win it right there. Like they're mm-hmm. throwing, they had a, they had maybe another two seconds. They're throwing it in the end zone. Right, right, <laughs> and and I think it goes back to, you know, last year uh, with Mahomes and, and that situation. You know, look, you you learn, you, you get you gather experience along the way, and you may be confident about the situation. And uh, I, I know Buffalo was uh, certainly even after the mistake uh, by the center quarterback exchange. But it does bring into question uh, once again, Patrick. And I know you mentioned this about the one possession situations for Buffalo. What two and nine now, I believe, and uh, and so the panicky uh, aspect of that football team. You, you wonder uh, how many games is that going to cost them moving forward? Skill position question. Michael and I agreed, maybe a little overrated. The Jeff, Listen, Jefferson is amazing. He's one of the top two, top three wide receivers in the yeah. game. The athleticism to stretch, it's a huge moment. But as a skill guy, didn't the DB really aid him at the end of that play by essentially handing him the ball? There was like, it, it was a weird play, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what that's what I mean. I mean, uh, just knock the ball down and the game's over too, right? But you, you want to try to get a pick and... Uh, for whatever reason, you know, you, I don't know if you're thinking through it's like it's no different than a running back. Uh, look, don't score. Just don't go out of bounds. Don't score. You know, if you break one free, make sure you get down and the game's over. It's, it's that kind of thought process. Right. But as a defensive back fourth and 18, you're in position to make a play. Two things can go wrong uh, when you throw the ball. And we all know, I mean, three, three things if you think about pass interference. But uh, no, you, you have a situation where you can knock the ball down. Uh, and end the game that way. But you, you just came up short, uh, and Jefferson just made a spectacular, spectacular play. I, I like the fact that Kirk Cousins feels like he is their go-to guy, too, and, and that's something uh, moving forward for the Vikings that they needed to develop. Yeah, I mean, yeah. C- Cousins, for as much as I criticize him for, you know, not overly being the tough guy, I mean, he you know, 50 throws, he took a beating, got hit quite a bit. But he made a lot of great throws in that game. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Yep. Do you? I'm going to give you the the number in Minnesota with Dallas in town in just a second. But what do you take away from Minnesota? We've killed this team eight and one now. They got that statement win. Although, as we discussed earlier, if you just snap yeah. the football, the narrative's completely different, and the Vikings are going home losers. But are you a believer, Mike Pritchard, in the Vikings? I mean, I think you have to be at this point. Uh, there's enough evidence out there that they've won these tight games, and, and there's something uh, to be said about a team that feels like they're never out of it. Um, 
I love the growth of Justin Jefferson to be that go-to guy and for Kirk Cousins to have that trust. It doesn't matter if he's double covered or not. I, I got to get him the football. We saw that uh, in the Super Bowl with Cooper Cup uh, and Matthew Stafford, right? Uh, we saw that along the way uh, with a number of teams, including Cincinnati. So uh, for Kirk Cousins to elevate that phase of the offense or that portion of the offense and get to a true go-to guy, I, I think that's going to be beneficial. Uh, they're running the ball very well too. Cook is unbelievable. I think there's a toughness aspect uh, to this football team. Uh, and the defense is getting better too, playing with more confidence and believing in themselves too. So I, yeah, I, I'm buying the Vikings right now. I, you know, I mean, you can't just say, you know, I, I kind of thought they would stub their toe here. You know, now they got minute. Now they got Dallas coming home. I mean, two road mm -hmm. games to win two road games and they've been able to win games in the fourth quarter, the 13 point comeback. I mean, the 10 point comeback, and scoring 13 in the fourth quarter against Washington. You say that's no big deal. But that's a big deal on the road, as you know, Mike. That's a hard thing. And winning's a habit, just like losing's a habit. And I think that they have that mentality. There's no doubt. Right. Because from experience, you know, and whether you get on a roll because of a spectacular play, uh, Michael, and I keep going back uh, because I, I know your ties to the 49ers and, and how great you guys were uh, and, and – you know, my rookie year, when you're playing that dynasty uh, and then Billy Joe Tolliver throws the ball up and it's a Hail Mary and Michael Haynes comes down with it, that propelled us to a to a playoff run, uh, yeah. right? And that helped us beat uh, the Saints uh, on the road in the playoffs in that dome too. So uh, who knows what this can do for the Vikings, uh, but it certainly is going to help to win a game like that in Buffalo. Okay. As a new better, you should understand there are publicly bet teams. That means the numbers are going to be shaded their way because people like to bet the team. The Cowboys are one of those teams in football that are publicly bet. But this seems a little ridiculous, right? You saw what happened with the Cowboys in Green Bay last night. Pritch, do you know the Cowboys are laying a point and a half? We actually have it as two at the Vikings next week. Should the Vikings be dogs at home to the Cowboys? I we talked about this last night on the Pro Football Blitz. I mean, I love the Vikings as a dog situation because, as you know, last year they were not winning these close games and they were bettable. Uh, now that they're winning these close games, uh, sometimes as a favorite, they're not. You don't you don't want to back the Vikings. You don't want to bet them. But in a dog situation with this type of team at home with that energy, I I think that was a great situation uh, for the Vikings. You know, I'm a, I'm a teaser guy too, and. And coming off the weekend, uh, Brady Cannon and I, we talked about that as a perfect teaser situation for the Vikings. Well, yeah, I was going to tease him up. I mean, that is a beautiful yeah. – like, Michael, you and I joked about it a little earlier, but O'Connell's got to be like, thank you, betting gods. You made it, You made us yeah. dogs at 8-1 and one at home against a team that just fell apart in Green Bay. Thank you, right? Whatever, whatever O'Connell's eating on Sunday morning, don't stop. Like, like he's got a very fortunate, lucky, you know, I, and I'm not saying it's not earned because you have to make the plays on the field, but that game was the most improbable game to win of all of them. The, the Washington game, you know, uh, Heineke throws the interception. They score. They kind of get the penalty. Remember, they get the penalty in the Washington game on the leverage, so they get three more downs to burn more time there. I mean, things have just aligned perfectly for Minnesota. It's just been remarkable, and they've capitalized on them. So I, you can't say they're they're not earning it, but yet there has been. To not sneak the ball is almost – to me, this whole thing would change. Josh Allen would still be under scrutiny and wouldn't be the MVP favorite because of his turnovers, but the fact that they couldn't get this win is really disappointing. If this comes down to a sneak for them losing home field advantage – Wow. 
Hmm. O'Connell. Last, last time I checked, O'Connell is an Irish name, so Kevin, it appears he has a horseshoe up his ass right now, uh, part of my language. Uh, Pritch, <laughs> Michael and I were yes. talking about the 49ers, off a of bye, first half, rusty, second half, turned it up. Tell, take us as a player going into a bye and then coming out of a bye. Like, what's the difference there for a player? The speed, uh, the reaction, everything. I mean, nowadays, too, everything's more like a walkthrough, it feels like. And uh, I don't know if the guys or fellas are practicing like, like we did. I mean, with pads on, you're not worried about the, the bumps and the bruises in practice. But uh, without pads, you got to learn how to practice. Uh, I, I think uh, as, that's valuable as a better to know, you know, just in, in terms of how teams are practicing. Are they practicing full speed? But off a of bye, uh, you're, you're getting back to that game speed. You're getting back to that prime time speed. And, uh, certainly the Chargers came in with a, a sound plan to start the game, but as adjustments took over, you can see that the 49ers have so many more adjustments to get to offensively and defensively right now than the Chargers did. So uh, they were able to get that win, making plays uh, uh, along the way. But I, I, was, I was eager to see that combination of Christian and, and Debo in the backfield. We saw that. Uh, Kyle did not disappoint. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they were slow starting. And they got it control. I think give D'Amico Ryan's credit. He adjusted the game plan, and then they started to turn it on. It's disappointing that, you know, they, they didn't finish their red zone. Two for five in the red zone, two for five goal to go. And that's why this wasn't a, as big of a blowout as it should have been. And Nick Bosa in the second half. Nick Bosa's a freak. Yeah, when, he, when he's healthy, that kid is, whew, he was awesome in the second half. Okay, when we come back. Of course, our NFL insider and VEASAN host, Mike Pritchard. I want to ask you th three things, and we'll get to our plays for Monday night. Um, one being the Rams, when a season looks to be hopeless. Two, Arizona, when the backup seems to be the popular player on the team. And there was one more I want. Oh, New Orleans and the Rams number next week. Shocked Michael and I. I'll run that by Mike Pritchard as we continue here. Monday edition. We've got Monday Night Football coming up tonight in Philadelphia. We continue. to the Lombardi line on VSIN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, and they unleash the spirit of Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. So every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Reward Points. Use those points for free bets. And if you're planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM Reward Points into dining shows or hotel rooms. Again, it's betting's premier loyalty program including exclusive offers. You've got to be 21 years or older. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. You know, cool conversation. Bond was lamenting the Bills loss during the break, our producer, and he was going on and on about how the Bills may not make the postseason, which means I mean, he's losing <laughs> his freaking mind. Uh, Michael Lombardi, Mike Pritchard, I'm Patrick Maher. This is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Um, but a conversation, and Pritch, you said something, and then mm -hmm. I want you to repeat this, and then, Michael, you react. What's interesting with the gamesmanship with Allen, will he or won't he? Pritch, you said essentially it's like, do you have to do this if you're the big bad Bills, right? Right, right. Uh, and Teddy Bruschi said it best, uh, and, and he was talking about uh, killer instinct, right? When you are the front runner, uh, you are the Super Bowl favorite, uh, act like it, right? He hasn't seen that. And he said that about three weeks ago. 
uh, as we've seen Buffalo struggle a little bit, right? And, and so uh, I agree with them uh, from a killer instinct standpoint or, 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 you know, wear that on your chest. Yeah, we know we're the big bullies on the block and you guys are coming after us, but we're ready for you. Yeah, Josh Allen is playing. Uh, and so sometimes when you try to hide behind all that and you play games, uh, that can take an edge away from your football team, I believe, anyway. And there was no edge to take away either. You know, like mm-hmm. everybody in Minnesota knew he was playing. If Once Matt Barkley right. didn't get moved up, everybody knew he was playing because we all know if a guy's dressing, that means he's cleared to play. Nobody dresses a guy who hasn't been cleared to play. It's just that's just not the way things are done. Like, well, in case the Keenan got hurt. No, if he's cleared to play, he plays. You know, well, we're going to save them. Well, we're not playing, you know, we're not playing a little league team here. You know, we're playing a real game, so we're not saving them. You know, I think to me, this goes back to what you said, Mike, about judging great teams. I mean, yesterday when the when the Bucks got the ball back, when they were on edge, right? I'm not saying the Bucks right. are a great team, but they have, but Brady has a killer instinct, right? And so right. when they got the ball back, you know, with, with 358 to go in the game and they know if they punted it back, they're at their own 17-yard line. They go nine plays, get four first downs, game's over. That's killer instinct. Right. And when you give up a 27-10 lead in the fourth quarter, you don't have a killer instinct. You don't. The, the Raiders don't have one. They've given up leads. You know, we know Chicago, but the Raiders aren't very good. Chicago doesn't have one. They gave up a lead. We know they're not very good. But Buffalo doesn't have one, and they're good. Right. Hey, speaking of Tom Brady, it's good the Bucks played their game in Germany and not Costa Rica. Am I right, fellas? Sorry. I I saw, too, yeah. soon. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Um, oh, goodness gracious. Uh, tough to read those headlines if you're getting a divorce. Uh, Mike Pritchard, we were talking Arizona and the Rams. Uh, from a player's perspective, and this may help the betters moving forward as the Rams yeah. are catching three at New Orleans, a team that's struggling what do you do when a team and it feels hopeless? And then on the other side, a little life breathed into the Cardinals by Colt McCoy. That team seemed like it was having fun all of a sudden without Murray under center. Yeah, we saw that last year, to be honest with you, too, Patrick and Michael. I mean, um, teams feed off of certain players. You know, as long as Kyler Murray has been there, it's looked good for half a year. Uh, and they were able to sustain it last year, get to the playoffs. But then we saw Kyler kind of quit uh, against the Rams. I was hoping Kyler game hamstring, bad hamstring and all just to erase that image of him quitting uh, out there against the Rams in the playoffs, but he didn't want any part of the game. He didn't want any part of it. So, you know, as players, I know a lot of times uh, we play injured. A lot of times we go out there and gut through it uh, to help our team, but uh, to just take yourself out of it and not be able to go. uh, Obviously that team, the Cardinals did rally behind uh, Colt McCoy. We'll see about his injury and how healthy he's going to be. Uh, but you did see an attitude shift, uh, and, and maybe that's because you don't have Kyler that talent out there, and so everybody's yeah. got to compensate. But whatever it is, right, Michael? I mean, whatever it is, I mean, I think the Cardinals should bottle that up, though. Yeah, and, and you're right. I mean, they 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 embraced it. I mean, hamstring quarterback. I mean, you, you kind of know this, right? Like, where are we? We need you with this important game. You're not going to play in it, you know. But that to me is him, and that's their own fault for paying him. Nobody nobody forced them to pay him. And if you're the Rams, I mean, Cooper Cup now, it's reported he's going to miss several weeks, okay? Well, when you're a bad team and you lose Cup, right, 
So for a team that avoided all the injuries last year, they've avoided none of them. Now their left tackle, Jackson, he's hurt. College free agent in 21 is playing left tackle. I mean, nobody can tell you who's on this offensive line other than Haverstein. I mean, and so why would you put back, why would you put Stafford back out there? I mean, this is a team that I, I think as betters, just keep fading them. You're going to have to fade them. I don't see them re- recouping this at all. Maybe they go to Bryce Perkins. I don't know. Maybe they go to him and try to run the six-pack offense. That might be better than Wolford. Right. And, and Michael, to your point, I mean, it, it, this is a product of going for the Super Bowl. Okay, they didn't build to the draft, so they can't go to a youth movement, right? I mean, uh, it, it's nope. – yeah, it's like, uh, where do you go from now if you're the Rams? Because you went all in for that Super Bowl last year. Yeah, I mean, you went all in and you got, you know, you got every break known to mankind. Tampa doesn't manage the clock at the end of the game. You kick the field goal, you get that. San Francisco drops an interception, right? You know, or else you're not beating them. And then, you know, they don't call false start on your whole offensive line and you get a penalty on the play. So not only do you not – and then Zach Taylor decides that Perrine needs to stand to be in the game while Joe – I mean, just start adding these things up, right? Like, how fortunate are you? Like, imagine if any one of those chains – what they call them, chains of luck – ever dissipates itself. You're like, how does this happen? And yet it does. I mean, so congratulations, you've won it. But it's not sustainable. We're going to have to rebuild, and I and I don't think McVeigh's going to be around for the rebuild. I, I you talk about Murray's body language on the side. Did you see Did you see McVeigh's yesterday? Yeah, yeah. I mean, McVeigh made no qual like he made no bones about it. Like he thought about doing TV before this season started. So yeah, when you know he's a human being, Pritch. Once things start to become hopeless and start spiraling, it's like competitiveness. It may start to dissipate. I th- I agree with Michael Pritch. Where this is a team you look to fade moving forward in the Rams. Yeah, I mean, coaching is hard, as we all know, uh, and uh, it, it is it is taxing as well. And uh, sometimes coaches need a breather or a timeout. You know, we're seeing Sean Payton kind of do that, recharge. Um, I think McVeigh is young enough, and, and he knows he would have other opportunities, but to explore other interests too, to take a step back uh, uh, from that that fishbowl. Uh, you know, not everybody's made like Belichick. I mean, we all know that. And uh, McVeigh certainly uh, probably could use a timeout right now. It's a good point comparing them to Peyton. Peyton, just take a step back, refresh, and mm-hmm. come back because it's a it's an arduous but, grind. Go ahead, but, but like Peyton's not taking the Ram job. Like they're not walking into no. that job. Like they're not going to walk. Like nobody wants to take that Ram job. Is going to need somebody. To kind of, if McVeigh walks away, it's a hard job now. Yeah. Okay, fellas, we saw this matchup week three, a 24 8 winner for the Eagles in Washington. Things have changed. Of course, Heineke in. Heineke's two and one as a starter for the Commanders. The defense there with the Commanders, who held uh, the Eagles essentially scoreless in the second half, playing much, much better. Perch, I'm going to start with you. Philly's laying 11, and you got a total of 48.5 tonight. Well, I'm coming off a of middle uh, of a teaser that I had with my former teams uh, with the Broncos and the Seahawks. And then I actually middled it with playing the Tennessee Titans, too. So uh, I'm OK right now. Fellas, back to back weeks. I know. Right. Right. I'm feeling good. And uh, I'm, I'm going to watch this one. Uh, last night, I looked at a prop with Austin Eckler. He came up seven yards short, uh, even though he did catch the rock. Uh, it was an incompletion in terms of his receiving yards. I would explore some props. Uh, I mean, I, I think the Eagles, they do so much. It's so much offense to prepare for if you're the commanders. Uh, and then defensively, they get after you too. They're, they're the best offensive line. 
They got everything going for them. I, I think there's going to be a home field advantage. I, I stay away from laying double digits too, uh, guys. And so there's no teaser situation here for me. Uh, maybe I would explore some props though in this matchup. You know, Michael Lombardi, I, I, what's I just, your numbers say? Uh, my number says nine and a half. I, I kind of think to me this game is really about I, I think the Washington. I, I I think playing the Eagles' offense a second time gives you a chance, right? So I, I think the the Eagles will win, but I think playing them the second time, the Washington defense, which is playing better, I think gets a chance to get acclimated to the speed, gets a chance to handle it. And I would take the twelve and a half. I think it's probably the right. I don't trust the Washington football team. I don't. They turn it over. Look, here's what happens with Washington in most starts, most games, is they go five play, five series, they punt, 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 punt. They could be behind, they could be behind 28 to nothing by the time they get the ball again. I mean, that that's how bad they play offensively. They gotta they gotta they gotta stay attached into the third quarter to cover this. Okay. There you go. Pritch, back to the crepes and whatever else French uh, you eat. <laughs> appreciate appreciate Thank you, you as Pritch. always on yeah, a Monday, absolutely. Mike Thank Pritchard. You guys. It's okay, have a great Monday today, actually, so thank you. <laughs> and the teaser syndicate continues to stay hot. Michael Lombardi, enjoy Monday Night Football. I'm sure people are going to be turned up there in Philadelphia tonight, no? Yep, they will be. We can't wait, Patrick. We'll talk okay, soon. Okay, buddy. I'll, I'll see you next time. Michael Lombardi, M. Lombardi NFL. Coming up next here on v It's Big Bets with Amal and Dave. <laughs> 